Welcome to the Success with God and Psych podcast, where it's all about a purpose-driven life where God and psychology mix together and guide your way. And now, your host who's funny, informative, and a straight shooter, doing this so you have a better life, Dr. Jessica Kersner. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know what I like to say, there's no better day than today for blessings, impact, and purpose. And today I want to talk about why do so many people feel lonely when we're supposed to be so connected? So today we have social media platforms such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, YouTube. People are, ta- are supposed to be talking more and more and more. We can, we're saying we're trying to connect more and more and more. And those numbers are high. People have 6,000 Facebook friends, you know, 2,000 Instagram followers, you know, Snapchat, um, and YouTube. And we're seeing that depression rates are increasing. We're seeing that people are feeling more and more isolated, more and more vulnerable. Why is that? We're going to talk about that today, guys. That's it right after the break. Meet Fred. Fred once felt stuck in a rut and he had trouble connecting with other people. Then Fred read the book Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kersner. Fred found the book interesting and exciting. The down-to-earth approach that the book takes helped to increase his self-esteem. Now, Fred spends less time feeling bad, and he grew to first love himself. Eventually, he gained the capacity to connect with others. You too can benefit from The Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kersner. Get your copy for only $9.95 from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Books A Million. That's Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kirshner. Get up on your signed copy at healingaxcoach.org. All right, guys, and we're back, so let's get to it. Um, So on May 1st, health insurance giant Cigna released results from a national survey they completed where they asked people in America about loneliness. It was a questionnaire to assess feelings of loneliness and social isolation. And so it was a 20-item uh. measure that they gave to more than 20,000 people, 18 and older. And so the findings from that were remarkable though. It, uh, it was, it was remarkable in that, uh, to me, when you have a, a period of time right now where we're, we want to appear more connected, more loved, more, uh, popular that most people are saying that, Hey, I'm, I'm actually feeling pretty lonely. I'm feeling pretty isolated. So let's talk about the findings from this thing, guys. So, uh, 46% of people in America reported that took this survey said they feel alone. 47% said they feel left out. That means almost half of people, if, if you generalize this to the, to the, to everyone and say, okay, if we gave this measure to everyone, we'd expect half of the people that you and I are around every day actually feel lonely. They actually feel left out most of the time. Um, 27% of the people say that, uh, they rarely feel as though people understand them. So that means that I'm often feel misunderstood. So that means on the, on the flip side of that, you have, uh, 73% of people who are saying, I don't feel like most people get me. I don't feel like most people understand me. Um, I don't feel like most people know really, you know, me. Um, then 43% of the people said relationships are not meaningful 
and 43% felt like they were just generally isolated. So I'm sitting here like half of these people are like, relationship. my relationship's not meaningful. Almost half of these people are saying, you know what, I'm isolated. In a time where you're just saying that, we're saying that, you know what, hey, I'm loved. I have 6,000 friends or, you know, you, we come together and we're saying we're connecting more because people are texting each other all the time. People are inboxing, direct messaging and uh, Snapchatting each other, taking pictures. Everybody's smiling. Everybody's saying, hey, things are going great in my world. And look at these numbers. People are saying when we actually assess them and say, what's going on in your brain? They're saying, hey, actually, I'm not happy. Um, 20% of people said they, they rarely feel close to people. And only 18% of people feel like there are people they can talk to. Um, the results, the rest of the findings pretty much is half of the people, 53% say they have meaningful in-person, only 53% of people say they feel like they have meaningful in-person social interactions. So meaningful in-person social interactions, only half of people believe that that happens. And so you're mean that most of the people I walk by every day at work, only half of them feel like those are quality interactions that you have with your 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 coworkers. That's huge. I would I would love to think that most of the people think we interchange well um, on a day to day basis, but I guess, I guess that's not the case, guys. And so Generation Z turned out to be the loneliest generation. That's our people who are between eighteen and twenty two. So those are the kids now who kind of grew up on social media and that crave Tumblr, Twitter, Snapchat. You know, they, they grew up with with that access to cell phones from day one and um, apps from day one. And, and 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 that population is saying, you know what, we're the loneliest at all. We're the loneliest altogether. So we talk about that study. Then let's talk about another study, because there was a, another study that came out in uh, The Economist where they were talking about the some similar where uh, they looked at social media and how it's linked to mental illness and what uh they came out based on a study in 2017 was that a lot of people are saying that social networks increased their anxiety increased their depression you know they had lack of sleep they felt like it increased their uh exposure to bullies and it made them feel more insecure about themselves and their body images. And that overall, that social media was just not good for them. And so they were like, oh man, you know, like all of these things I didn't have before, or I don't think I would have had I not had social media because it gave me, it gave people access to bully me. It gave me time to reflect on myself and compare myself constantly to other people. And so uh, the age group for that group uh, in that study was 14 to 24 year olds. So relatively a, a, about the same. So in, in our population of Generation Z, when you say um, that's the loneliest population, you're saying that at this point, you know, this same generation is saying, you know what, they they are reporting the most mental illness too. They're saying, I'm, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling depressed. I don't like myself, my body image. And and I'm I'm constantly being bullied by other people in, in the places I'm supposed to be socially protected, uh, which for them is online. And that has caused me to feel not okay at times um, and not, not safe and not healthy. And so what 
like that's a big problem to me when you have you have two studies that have come out this is you know may was mental health awareness month and so people were you know the studies were released during during this month because people say let's let's get some exposure to this let's talk about it i went to uh, a presentation uh, a, a panel discussion uh for the nfl where they were discussing uh, mental health in the nfl and the measures they were taking to um increase uh, mental health effectiveness and awareness. And one of the things they were talking about was help seeking behavior and that, you know, you have these big athletes and you have these people who, who, you know, they have people adore them. People love them. They, you know, they have millions of followers. They have millions of people around them. People are always trying to get access to them. People say they love them every day and people are trying to be them every day, emulate them. And those people are saying, you know what, actually, I'm 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 feeling pretty pretty sad, pretty isolated, pretty depressed as well. And so when we're seeing that in re, in repetitive populations, guys, you're saying what's going on? Because I mean, I know mental illness is not new. Mental health, everybody has mental health, you know. So everybody at some point you want to maintain that mental health. But we're saying that we're losing that ability to um, be as healthy as we were before, you know. Or is it that we were never? really healthy at all. And so I want to talk about that when we come back from the break, guys. Uh, we'll continue in a minute. All right, guys, and we're back. So I want to talk about what is loneliness. So, Because my thinking was, okay, maybe people are uh, thinking something different for lonely, like they're saying a different word and, and they may be not using it correctly. There are many people that when they come into my office, they say, I'm feeling this one thing. And then we start exploring uh, the symptoms. They're actually feeling something completely different. They just, they just call it a different name. So say, so what is lonely? Um, and so we look up lonely in the dictionary. It is sad because one has no friends or company. Um, it is, uh, friendless with no one to turn to forsaken um uh without companions solitary uh unfrequented remote secluded so i'm like okay so we're saying sad because i have no friends or no company that's that's lonely i was like okay that's that's pretty accurate so when you look at this and you say that like in that one study uh by with cigna and they said okay you feel left out you feel alone you feel like people don't understand you your relationships are not meaningful okay they pretty much assess that they assess what is loneliness i'm isolated I'm, i feel withdrawn that's that's pretty bad um and that's pretty accurate um Gretchen Rubin said, keep in mind that to avoid loneliness, many people need both a social circle and an intimate attachment. Having just one of two may still leave you feeling lonely. And so when, when I, I, I came across that quote, I said, you know, I think that's that's really for me what I think is the biggest thing now is that you people have you have a social circle and then you have intimate attachment and those two things are definitely separate uh, for most people now where it used to be, or to me, it, it, it would more commonly have been at one point that a social circle included those intimate attachments. They included those friends. They, they, they included um, that piece. It wasn't that it was so separate. And so what I want to do really quick was, okay, let me go to Twitter and say, let me hashtag lonely and see what we come up with just randomly right now. What are people saying um, about feeling lonely? And so with the hashtag lonely. So uh, let's see. 
Howl Loan at Howl Loan says, I feel so hashtag lonely. Uh, uh, lonely Frog says, no one's going to read this. Hashtag means hashtag lonely. Um, who is this right here? Uh, Ophelia at Ophelia 6759107 says, I shall keep my distance for love is a strong and violent emotion. Hashtag lonely. Uh, at Nita Life 4 says, The worst thing is not being alone, it's being with someone who makes you feel alone. Hashtag lonely. Um, at Bot Useless says, I'm currently feeling hashtag lonely. Um, at Genesis 613 says, do you know what it's like to feel like a prisoner in your own mind and body, to be a prisoner to pain, to feel the isolation caused by separation? I really hope not. Hashtag chronic illness, mental health, lupus, lonely. Um, Tina J at Tina J 679 says, when you have to Google search how to make a friend, it sucks being lonely. I just want someone to talk to. Hashtag friendless, hashtag lonely. Uh, just why at I think I can't cry says, I don't know what hurts more anymore, missing you or pretending not to. Hashtag sad, hashtag quote, hashtag why, hashtag lonely, hashtag miss you. Um, and at Molly Bernstein 7 says, whoa, you ever just feel lonely? Hashtag lonely, just found this in my draft and who knows how long and honestly, is even more relevant now. So this is an old post that she tweeted again. Um, and then at I am Ty the first, I hate when people who have no friends or no followers tweet and act like they actually get likes and tweet and retweets. Oh, wait, that's me. Hashtag lonely. Um, Claire at Dyslexia Dilemma says, Hashtag lonely can be the most painful of all. And then the last one I'm going to read is at Furful. Sometimes I get excited to see I have a text message and then realize it's confirmation code for an app. Hashtag lonely. Oh, well, no, this was a good one too. And then at Kenneth778094, he has a picture of his face says and his face here. And he says, anybody who want to be a friend, hashtag lonely. And so when we go through those tweets, the, the common theme to me between all of them, besides they were all about being lonely, was that most of the people were saying, okay, uh, I'm supposed to be around people or I don't feel like I know how to make friends. I don't feel like I know how to uh, reach out to people. No one cares. You know, no one's, no one's re retweeting me. No one's, um, no one's connecting with me. You know, I, I, I posted this years ago and it was irrelevant. Then it's, it's, it's the same now. And so that connection, that intimate relationship, people are saying, you know what? I don't have anything that's, that's I don't have that intimate connection. And so when you say, why does uh, Generation Z, why are they the loneliest generation? Because they have the most superficial relationships. They, you know, it's like you, you look up and it's, I mean, I've had uh, kids in my office that when they want to stop and they, they come in and then they take a quick Snapchat picture of them smiling and then they're crying on my couch the rest of the whole session. And I'm like, I mean, it's 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 what we want to portray to the world, but we're actually not telling people about ourselves 
And that intimate connection is not there. And so then you say, what, what do we do? What do we do differently? How do we say we want to make it an intimate connection? And is that possible with social media? Uh, and what are we saying about that? So we're going to talk about that next. We'll be right back after the break. Meet Fred. Fred once felt stuck in a rut and he had trouble connecting with other people. Then Fred read the book Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kersner. Fred found the book interesting and exciting. The down-to-earth approach that the book takes helped to increase his self-esteem. Now, Fred spends less time feeling bad and he grew to first love himself. Eventually, he gained the capacity to connect with others. You too can benefit from The Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kersner. Get your copy for only $9.95 from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Books A Million. That's Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kirshner. Get up on your signed copy at healingaxcoach.org. All right, and we're back. So let's talk about what is an intimate relationship. So when we talk about intimate connection, those are intimate relationships. And I said, you know, I don't want to take for granted that people know what that is. You know, you sit there and you have all these people who you sit in a room. You know, I can walk through a restaurant and now you see families where you see people sitting together and everybody's texting on their cell phone. They're all sitting at the table. They're all texting on the cell phone or they're all on the Internet or they're all on social media. And then everyone stops, comes together, smiles, takes a picture. Everyone then goes back to, hey, send me that picture. Send me that picture. Send me that picture. And then they're all on their phones for the rest of the time. The food comes. Everybody's still on their phone. Nobody's making eye contact. So is that an intimate connection? No, that's not. That's not an intimate connection. So where this used to be a place where, you know, at least that place could be is not. So let's talk about what it is. Let's talk about what makes um, a relationship intimate. And, you know, we're going to talk about the, so let's, let's talk about it. So an intimate connection or intimate relationship is an interpersonal relationship. It means it's something between people, right? Interpersonal. Um, that involves physical or emotional intimacy. So when I say physical or emot- emotional intimacy, intimacy, um, the physical part, I'm not talking about uh, that that closeness that you have. Uh, that's it's just physical touch. And so physical intimacy is not intimacy is not the same as sexual intimacy. So I'm not talking about that. What we're talking about is just you know that that physical touch you know you could say it'd be ho- holding hands giving someone a hug you know patting someone on the back uh just saying you know shake my hand those are parts of physical intimacy so when you have a relationship with someone that if you can hug them you can sit down and be close to them on a the couch or you know someone you can sit beside and and be in close proximity to or they're in your what you call your bubble and you don't feel violated that that's that physical place that um, we're, we're talking about here and people need that. We need connectedness physically. Uh, we need to be able to say, you know what, let's sit down and have a talk and we can sit down in the same room close together and have a conversation, not just on social media or on internet. So then it says also emotional intimacy. So it's not just the physical part. We also need the emotional part for, for it as well. And emotionally intimate with someone, you know, when I think about emotional intimacy, we're saying, you know, I can tell you, I can be vulnerable with you. I can sit here and say, you know what, today is not a good day for me. And when you ask, and I, I can go beyond just saying that, you know, this happened to me 
I'm just not feeling good about it. Or today is a great day. Like, you know, I met this person or this thing happened and that's freaking awesome. And that person gets there with you. They get in that space. You're able to, to, to share that place with them, the good parts and the bad parts of your emotions. You know, if, if I need to cry with you, I, I, I got a tears day. I can do that place. And that's that emotional intimacy. That's the place where you say, I'm truly going to share my feelings with you and not just my negative feels, my positive ones too. You know, it's not all black and white here, guys. You know, it's like, there's things in the middle too. Like today is okay day. It's, it's a regular day. Like that's okay. Um, and so that's what, that's what psychology says about that. So, you know, this is a God and Psych Science uh, podcast. So I'm like, let's talk about what God says about relationships because, you know, people will say, okay, well, you know, okay, you're, you're talking about this, but I really don't think it's that important. I think, you know, it should just be me. And, 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 uh, I don't, and I could rely on my higher power by itself and not need anything else. And, and I challenge that to say, no, I don't think, I don't, I don't believe that's what God intended. In Colossians uh, 3, uh, 12 through 14, uh, it says, Therefore, as God has chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has grievance against someone, forgive, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Um, we also have another one I wanted to pick out, which was in Ecclesiastics 4, 9 and, 9 and 10. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. And so even here, when you look at scripture, we're saying that, you know, God is saying, you know what? It's not good to be by yourself because when you have someone else, you're stronger. You know, when he says, okay, we have that labor, you have, you have good return for your labor. If I fall down, you, if some of you fall down, someone can help you up. He said, you know what? You have some strength. You get extra strength with people. And even says, pity the person who has no one to help them up. So he's saying, and, and that's that physical piece. You fall, I give you my hand to pick you up. That's physical. That's that physical touch. So he's saying, we need that interpersonal relationship. We need that place. It is not, Okay, so I fall and then I'm going to go to Twitter and post it for someone to respond out of 6,000 people that I don't see every day. It's saying, okay, pick up the phone, call your friend and say, hey, friend, can I come over? I'm struggling today. Or walk into your, your co-worker's office and say, hey, how's it going today? How are you? You know, I just need to talk for a minute. I need to vent for a second. Just getting that place. In, and even here, biblically, we're saying, let's do that. Like that's, that's something we should do. And so when you look at, um, what they said in Colossians, they talk about clothing yourself, compassion, kindness, gentleness. Those are things that typically you say, we're not giving to myself. So if you clothing yourself with compassion, kindness, gentleness, those are things you get from other people. Those are things that people give to you. Those are things that, you know, are, are and they are done in, in, in intimate situations. So that emotional intimacy and bear with each other and forgive one another. So it, for me to forgive you, that's an intimate place too, because I am vulnerable. You know, someone has hurt you. They have, they have, have, have cut you to your core. And he said, okay, do, do that. So we said, okay, let's get into that emotional place, even in the pain. Let's, let's still connect emotionally. And all of these virtues put on love, 
which binds you together. So right there, we're saying bind, bond, you know, come together. Love requires that we unite unity. And so psychology saying it, God saying it. And somehow uh, we when when you when social media was started, it was to bridge that gap of, OK, you know what? I have someone in California that I want to talk to all the time and I'm in South Carolina. And uh, it's and so they said, you know what? Let's find a way for you guys to stay connected, you know, and you guys still talk. But it was never supposed to replace the 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 physical piece and in, in the and and the emotional piece to be intimate. And you can still use social media. Don't get me wrong. You can use social media to be you could, you know, I love I like I'm far away from my family and we Skype all the time. So we use social media to remain uh intimately connected to our family. You know, we have that place where, you know, it, it's almost like we are touching each other because we're on Skype and you have that I can see their expressions. We connect, you know, we we have that place where we can feel bonded and we can and we still talk about the things that matter. We still talk about the places where you can still feel raw and it, and and you can say, okay, you know, this is this has not been good for me today. And so we need that intimate relationship. We need that interpersonal connection. So how do we do that? How do we get back to when Gretchen Rubin says, if you have, in order to avoid loneliness, you have to have both a social circle and an intimate attachment. So we talked about an intimate attachment where, okay, you need that physical, emotional piece. So guys connect more. So what we're saying is it's not just enough to tweet something out or Facebook something out, you know, reach out to someone that, you know, you know, sit down in a room with someone, put the phone down, put the social media down and say, you know, don't tweet out how you feel. Uh, talk about how you feel. I mean, I've had I've had friends that, you know, I call them on the phone and I'm like, hey, what's going on? How you doing? They're like, everything's fine. We get off the phone. I get like a 10 page text message that's saying all this stuff is going on. It's like, you couldn't just tell me that on the phone. I just called you. But I'm that person. I call you right back. So you texted. OK, that's your way to communicate to me. I'm saying I'm going to still remain to keep this an intimate place for me. I'm calling you back. And when I call you back, I'm saying, OK, so I read your text message. And then I'm saying, OK, so. I really wish you could tell me, but okay, you gave me information anyway. So let's still talk about it. You know, let's, let's talk about what you just sent me. And because it's, it's not like it has to be life or death and it's not has to be this heavy thing. It's just, you know, let's talk. Let's, let's, let me hear this in your voice. Let me, let me hear the seriousness for you. Let me hear uh, the context. And that still bridges intimacy more so than the words just on a paper or words on a screen. And so let's talk about that social circle. And so we're going to talk about that when we come back, guys. All right. So our last piece we're going to talk about today is how do I create this social circle? How do I build friends? And I, I, part of me was like, okay, this, this can't be that difficult. But then when you go back to, you look at the studies, you look at what we talked about already and you say, okay, this is definitely something we need to talk about and say, how do you make friends? How, how do you build your social circle? 
that it of intimate relationships. So you, you have a circle and then you make those relationships. Then you want to get those relationships to be intimate connections. And so let's say you're that person that says, okay, I don't have any friends. I don't have anyone. What can I do? And so they have a lot of uh, access in, in your areas, you know, like you have meetups and people can uh, go to meetups is where you have like things that you like. And uh, meetup is a uh, internet site. And on that site, you say, okay, you know what? I like, let's say I like uh, bowling. And so they have a bowling meetup and those people all get together who don't know each other. And they they sign up and say, yeah, I want to go. They all, Or you just look and see when they're all meeting up. You show up and say, hey, are you here for the bowling meetup? Yeah, I'm here for the bowling meetup. Yeah. And then, uh, hi, I'm Tom. Hi, I'm Jessica. Hey, what's up? Hi, where are you from? And, and you start that conversation. And so they created that because people were struggling with trying to find ways to connect and people in, in cities when they moved um, and they didn't know anyone. And so you have meetups. You also have uh, the op where you work. You can join um, recreational activities. So like sports groups. Um, there are always things in the community that are available. You know, now you have all of these uh, paint by number type things where you go to groups. You can go by yourself and you meet people there because you're the one by yourself. Usually people that go to those things want to socialize anyway. They're there to socialize. So they're going to talk to you unless you don't want to be talked to and you ignore them when they say things. And so go and and actively participate, you know, reach out and start talking to people. So what am I saying here? What's the basic premise of all these things? Find some way that people are already gathering in your community in some type of way and say, you know what, let me just throw myself out there and be, and be a part of that. But let's say that makes you really nervous. What else can you do? Well, we have work and you have people at your job and people at your job. Even if you say, okay, I'm not going to try to hang out with them outside of work yet. You can start to bridge those conversations and bridge those uh, relationships and build conversations with them by, hey, you want to go to lunch? Hey, what'd you bring for dinner? Or what'd you bring for lunch here today? Well, this is what I brought. Just making simple conversation that starts to give you some some type of connection with people and then it builds into a new place. But the one thing that will not happen is you're not going to stand still and in one spot and just wait for people to come to you. Unless they're people like me, me, I'll talk to the wall. I'm like, Hey, so what's, why are you just standing there? Kind of weird. Didn't want to say what's going on. Are you okay? Kind of check in. Most people aren't like that. And most people find it weird when I do it. They like it, but they find it weird at first. They're just like, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Me. I'm always just like, mm, I'll, I'll do it. I'll reach out. I'll, I'll, I'll do that piece. You know, it's, it's, it's just me. So, but I do know it is not most people. I think if I stood still in a hallway, you know, most people just kind of walk by and then look back after they pass you and just go, what's what's going on with that person? You know, most people aren't going to check in now. I think that, that that is the norm. And so that's not going to happen. So you're saying you you have to still put yourself out there some type of way and you find a way that's the least vulnerable at first for you. And then you you have to start moving into that vulnerable area to say, you know, you're going to have to put yourself out there some, but if you don't do anything different, you're going to still be lonely. You're going to still feel like you're not connecting. Those relationships are still going to be superficial. You're still going to have 5,000 Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Snapchat. I can keep going with this all day long. And, and at the end of the day, you still feel like no one gets you. No one has it. No one makes it happen. You know, and then sometimes you're that person where you have those people around you. You have people that you talk to all the time. 
You have people that you connect with all the time. And sometimes you still, even with all those people, you feel lonely. I mean, you look at people like Robin Williams, a recent uh, musician that uh, committed suicide, David Vici. You know, you have those people who they still felt lonely and isolated, even when they are around people and connected, right? And so we say that even sometimes it's not just having the people around you. It's not just having that social circle. It's having those people that you feel your perspective, not what other people feel is intimate, what you feel is intimate. So sometimes it's not just that you have people that are calling you and saying, hey man, how you doing? What's going on? It's that you are willing to be vulnerable with that person. You need to find that person, that person and persons. I would say I wouldn't make it one person because you can, you, one person, that's a lot for one person to bear. You know, it's just like people get their spouse and they try to put everything on their spouse and it's like your spouse is is human too. And you need, it's good to have a friend to balance some stuff off of someone else and your spouse. So you're saying, you know, um, but still, if you have no one, one person is a start and one person is really good. And so it's like, find that one person that you say, you know what, I can call you. And right now I can talk to you about it. That person is going to be connected. That person is going to be listening. And no matter, it's not really about what they respond in the, in, like, are they going to say the right thing? Probably not. Cause none of us do. We don't, we don't always say the right thing, but is that you feel that, you know what, this person I'm willing to do that with. And that's a safe person for you to do that with. And what happens is that starts to grow because if that person doesn't respond well, but you still feel that way, you know, give them a bit of grace, just like you want them to give them grace and say, you know, I just really want to vent or, you know what, I'm really happy you listened or, you know what, you know, I want some advice. Tell me, give me some advice. You know, I've told people that give me some advice. They go, you don't need advice. I do. That's why I'm talking to you. I want your advice. You know, I don't, I didn't want to get the professional opinion. I want the person that just, that feels life and not trying to tell me the correct thing to tell me. I want that piece for you. That's why I came to you. That's why I trust you in this space. That's why you're the person I picked. And and that's the person that I picked. And then they say, oh, okay, well, well then well, and, and I get that piece and, and, and we grow and that becomes stronger. That's what I'm saying, guys, grow, get stronger. I feel like I need to make another another podcast about this again. But anyways, guys, please like us. iTunes is where it matters, is where is where we build the audience at. So please go into iTunes, Success with God and Psych, subscribe, download the episodes, guys, send some reviews, make some comments. I hope you like today's episode. Um, um, and I enjoyed it. Uh I I really feel like I'm gonna do a part two on this one. Um, I kind of feel like I'm not done, but Anyways, uh, have a good night. Check me out on Healing Dr. K um, and Healing Coach and Healing Dr. K at Twitter and Facebook. Um, and have a good day, guys.